we are live. Sweet. Cool. Okay, so this like completely unorthodox <laughs> way of doing things. Some some long time to set up. Uh, long time to set up. Yeah. Long time to schedule. Long this. time to schedule. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just chronically bad at knowing my own schedule so i'm like yeah i can do that oh shit i got other things going on yeah I have, like, and then my body is just falling apart yeah <laughs> so. but we we did it we made it happen we did we did now watch this audio get totally scrapped <laughs> i just have to do a, a second take yeah yeah no that wouldn't be the first time oh I, yeah. um okay so we're finally back on this damn show i'm very happy to be here mm -hmm. i've Likewise. been planning this episode for what, like a month almost? Maybe like a month and a half. I, I think when you first messaged me to do it, um, it might have been like August. It might have been back in like August. Uh, and I was like, yeah, shit, that sounds awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and I think we I think we did initially push it back a little bit from uh, from the first like rough date that we had. But um it's been it's been in the ether and now we're we're ready to talk about some slams and some breakdowns and some some bree bree shit tech, tech shit yeah exactly yeah yeah in a way this has been in the making for like 11 years a really now. long time yeah exactly yeah. yeah uh the tumblr days yes so we are here to talk about deathcore we are i'm always I think that here to talk about deathcore you are most people yeah. hate it <laughs> I was um, I was in that camp for a really long time. It's uh, okay. Well, let, let's get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah, because that's really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, but for those listening, so like I said, a lot of people hate this shit. Uh, I think that is why I want to talk about that in the first place. Sure. I think that doing this show is interesting because there are a lot of things that get really popular but have very little respect from the people who are like the quote-unquote diehard metal yeah. people yeah uh so deathcore itself i think that it's important to find a uh working definition right it's very and i think muddled uh okay. yeah to put it lightly um but i think that we can just start from the baseline that it is death metal meets hardcore yeah right um it gets really messy from there and I chose a pretty wide swath of bands as like the precursors. Yeah. And I will say that I chose these because I'm like a big classic death metal guy. Sure. Mostly the nineties. Sure. Um, and I think that you can hear a lot of what became Deathcore in a lot of those slam bands in like the early nineties. Yeah, absolutely. The um suffocation, especially. I uh, it's interesting, I, you know, the the playlist you had set up, um, there were a couple of bands in that I'd actually like never heard of before. And then Suffocation was really interesting to me because I, I like Suffocation a lot. I only really got into them in like the early 2010s when they were kind of back to doing just like, th like throwback death metal. Um, and like listening to that album, I was like, yeah, this sounds like a, like a caveman deathcore album that would have come out last year. <laughs> like that's like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Okay. I can see why everybody's trying to like rip this off now. It has been, yeah. have been for a while. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think it's, I think it's worth noting that two time guest reigning champion, uh, John, we were talking about suffocation and dying fetus in a totally separate context. Yeah. 
And he said, yeah, this is like, if you listen to this, you become like a living pair of cargo camo <laughs> cargo shorts. Pants, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's, it's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Absolutely. we can just jump right into the stuff that sure. I had picked out. And I think it's best to start chronologically. Mm-hmm. So the first band that I found was Demonacy. Yeah, that I was. I have no idea how to pronounce that. That was uh, crazy to me. There's one uh, one song on this um, that had it started off with a with a sample, and I didn't re- mm-hmm. recognize the sample. But I was like, okay, I can already tell this is gonna like this song is just gonna whip ass, and it did. It did, and it was crazy. I'd like never. I was completely unfamiliar with that band. I didn't even recognize the name, um, but I dug it a lot. It yeah, I will say this is one very heavy. I can only I only found this through Reddit. Okay, I'll be honest. Yeah, I was just kind of digging around. Like, what do people talk about? What's the early shit that people point to with yeah. this kind of stuff? Proto um, deathcore, the pro- the primordial soup of deathcore. It really is, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I doubt this band even really knew what they were doing. Um, they never really had an actual release. It was all mm-hmm. demos, which I thought was also pretty interesting because those early death metal demos yeah. are just so important. Um, and and it gave birth to like everything in the genre of just those little yeah. demos people would send back and forth to each other. Right. The, the tapes. The tape trading yeah. days. Uh, and it is funny to me that the tape trading days kind of gave birth to this thing that a lot of people hate, even if they look back on that genre or that era yeah so uh that's the golden age yeah yeah um i do think it's worth noting that they had breakdowns yeah uh not something i was expecting to hear on the primordial ooze um it's it's funny to listen to not even like death metal necessarily but anything from like the 80s and 90s and just hear a breakdown out of nowhere and i'm like this is when it actually served a purpose in the music it was a it was a break (laughs) It was like bridging, you know, two segments of the song. And, you know, now it's not as bad as it as it was like when I was in high school where there were just breakdown bands that were just like, we're going to try to we're going to write the heaviest breakdown that we can. And that's going to be, you know, a third of the song. We're trying to get on a YouTube compilation. I was about to say the YouTube yeah. compilation <laughs> bands are like they have three breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Like each the verse has its own breakdown, right. the chorus has a breakdown. Right. Yeah. I do remember those days because we're roughly the same age. Yeah. And I think that's why we kind of like this stuff in the first place. Right. Right. Uh and I think it's also why we kind of see probably why people don't like it, because the criticism has always been that it's really formulaic. Yeah. And that just, the breakdowns are silly. everything. Right. Right. Um, uh, but I would say this before we go any farther. I think that that criticism might be a little unfair. I think it, I think it is now. I absolutely think it is now. And I think that it's probably unfair because every genre has that issue Mm -hmm. because once something gets to a certain level of popularity, everybody wants to keep doing that. No one's really reinventing the wheel. No. With any of this anymore. Unless, unless they're inventing an entirely new genre. I mean, all of the, the big, like, death metal bands now that aren't you know micro genre to death that was a a very bad unintentional pun but they're all kind of writing the same music it kicks ass but they're all kind of the same yeah i'm just like it's literally it's just kind of lo-fi not great production value bad snare (laughs) you know tones 
Just, uh, snares, just dear God, beating the shit out of uh, out of some caveman riffs, and it's it's fucking awesome. It's great. Yeah, but it's cool as fuck. It's really cool. But I'm like, these are songs that were written 30 years ago, that are just being yeah. written again. And will I, will I, you know, go hard to them? Absolutely. But yeah, like uh, you know, the um, two mold isn't like this, you know, incredibly unique band sonically and that's where i you know that's a lot of a lot of deathcore bands are kind of like that and that's why i really like i said before i i kind of hated it for a while i wasn't i was a bit of an elitist for a really long time i kind of had the opposite trajectory yep um i think i i got into this music around the time that the albums you picked mm-hmm. came out yeah and so i was you know 14 15 years old sure and at that point, it was the coolest shit in the world. But I became an elitist when I went back yeah. to like the stuff that I picked. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because a couple of those were I, I liked them when they came out, and that's what kind of got me down that path. And then like uh, like Whitechapel and Oceano, I fucking hated them. I hated them for like years, uh, and. I I don't really know why I so I kind of got into more extreme music from like the the techie side of things rather than like the the we'll, we'll say there's you know there's the brutal circle and the and the tech circle and like I was in the tech side because um, I was like a mathcore kid like I've discovered the locust when I was like eleven and I thought that was the most insane shit I'd ever heard in my life. And so I was just kind of like, I need to find more bands like this. And so right around that, like mid, like mid two thousands, when like despised icon was kind of making it big. And, um, and those bands were trying to crop up was when I was listening to like Danza and the locust and, uh, like I am dissonance. And I got really into like the froggy stuff too like bt bam um and i'm like 13 so i don't know i'm just like this sounds really awesome it's so uh, precocious and i you, yeah i was not listening to that shit i know and uh and it was you know i i i was just very i was just a prick about it like you know oh this doesn't if this isn't like in a weird time signature it fucking sucks and like it's stupid and uh and so i when the first time i heard like depths i was like this is nothing this is literally nothing i hate that's why i hated a mirror for a really long time and it was it was funny because i've always loved, loved the acacia strain they're one of my favorite bands it's not like they're you know ripping solos and playing you know fucking no they're chugging six force literally like, yeah like i yeah. say it's all the same stuff and like they've been writing the same stuff for you know 25 years um however long they've been around i've not probably not that long but um too. 2002 so we're getting there jesus yep um yeah and uh and i i wish i could maybe pinpoint like where where it was that i started to come around on that i think i remember distinctly when um when uh i'm so bad with album titles but Whitechapel's uh album came out in like 2010 it came out when i was i think a junior in high school and the first time I heard Breeding Violence, I like it. They dropped the single. It came out. I was like, this is I'm going to listen to this because I'm expecting it to be really bad. And I like fell in love with it. I was like, this is a fucking incredible. Uh, and it was just kind of standard 
deathcore wasn't much different from the other stuff they've been doing their like their first album was a little more on like the the death side of things than the core side of things most definitely yeah and then um this is exile came out i was like this is really stupid that it was 2007 i think so it was like this is exile was the album that got me into deathcore yeah yeah and looking looking back it's an amazing record it's awesome um i don't remember if it was 2007 or 2008 but it was like that and like winds of plague was really big then and depths came out around that time uh and then the other side of it was like the sumerian core bands so when the new rain came out like the first time i listened to that um i think i think a buddy of mine just like texted me and was like you have to listen to the song listen to this breakdown it was abstract art and uh and it just kind of blew my mind and you know it's not like they're this super technical band but they're more technical than a lot of deathcore bands are so that was really my first i guess like that was that was my intro into like the the world that awaits was born of osiris and and veil of maya um and then all the other like bands that were on sumerian um at that time which there were I mean, that was a running joke. They signed the same band over and over and over and over again, like after the burial. Um, that yeah, the first time I heard Berserker, uh, I I think I remember exactly where I was. I'm pretty sure I was mowing my parents' lawn, listening to Rareform, not the re-release, but the original release that I had downloaded, and it like blew me away. So it's like I didn't know they could have guitars do this with these breakdowns. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I had a pretty straight trajectory into mm-hmm. heavy music. You know, I grew up on, like, the classic rock stuff sure. and then into Black Sabbath and then into, like, Thrash, yeah. and then it just got heavier. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I got into Whitechapel before any of this other stuff. Yeah. But then I discovered what came before, uh, stuff like this Demonacy that I had never right. heard of, like I said. And then I had to put the the next step together, and then I found Suffocation, and then I found, you know dying fetus mm-hmm. uh internal bleeding mm-hmm. so that was that was one thing that i wanted to i'm glad that you established your bona fides yeah yeah i guess um because that really was what i wanted to hear is mm-hmm. that i know that you're so familiar with everything after 2005 right i wanted to see your reaction to the stuff that came before so you mentioned suffocation yep. you know what was your response to pierce from within because i picked that one specifically because it's basically just like their first album yeah but better yeah um i thought it was uh it's it's missing some of the like technical stuff that i'm more familiar with from their work which i thought was really cool i was like i can tell there's a there's a very specific like tone to suffocation but musically it's a little bit different than what I'm used to. Um, and then obviously it's got, you know, the, like the recording quality that is, is again, very familiar to me now. Cause it sounds like all of the big death metal albums that have been coming out from like the new death metal bands uh, in terms of just being sounded like it, it was recorded in, you know, a, a soup can, um, <laughs> which is just like, it's so, I, I don't know why that's so like endearing and charming to me. Uh, it adds something to it. It really does. It really does. It but really like does. only for this kind of music. There's like some. I, I don't know what it is. It's just if it, as if it's got these riffs and that those drums 
it can be the shittiest recording that you've ever heard in your life and it's totally fine it doesn't have to see i feel that way about black metal more than anything because if i hear black metal and it sounds like high quality dog shit yeah awful don't want it but i think that you're right like there's something about like the raw brutality of it i mean that deathcore in death metal generally but especially deathcore yeah it's just such a it's almost like a bodily experience yeah you know the whole purpose to time behind having a breakdown is to give you a break mm. in the music but also just pummel you right it's supposed to bring that reaction out of you yeah and so putting too much thought into the production quality i think kind of is an extra abstraction away right from the whole purpose well and i think it, it used to be that that was just what they could afford i think well <laughs> Right. Yeah, but there's yeah. a reason why it works, and yeah. there's a reason why people come back to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's, there's um, now it's you know bands that are internationally touring and on major labels still do it creatively because it's it's fun, and it means something. Yeah, it means something exactly. Now speaking of really shitty recording quality, you know I think that we can give Demonacy a pass because they were just making uh, demos. They were just yeah exactly. Um, that was they were they were scraping by. I, I did want to throw internal bleeding in here sure. because. They are not very good. Hmm. <laughs> uh, they sound terrible. Right. This came out in 95, the one I picked, Voracious Contempt. Mm-hmm. Exact same year as Pierced From Within by Suffocation. But I really think that if Suffocation was trying to rewrite their first album, yeah. Internal Bleeding was trying to write Suffocation's first album first as album. well, yeah. but not as well. Right. So, like, did you get the same thing out of this? Because this sounded like just caveman, like, slam and nothing else <laughs> kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, I I can kind of, I kind of get why they didn't, like, blow up <laughs> uh, the way that, you know, other bands did around that time. Um, I I love the, uh, I love the song titles, though. I think they're, they're great. Like, this is... Uh, beneath the black languish and despair like reflection of it these are these are all again so familiar in terms of the, the sounds like the, they would be songs that were written like right now so yeah not what's not what's changed not no what's yeah changed. and that's kind of why i picked them because yeah. i think that slam uh is kind of like at least a cousin to deathcore yeah yeah absolutely um i would i would say it's a little maybe even more closely related than cousin we'll say yeah. like estranged brother estranged um, brother is yeah. a good one like yeah. the one that you don't really talk to right <laughs> you don't like how similar you are yeah um kind of resent it yeah 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 it's 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 funny because slam has such like a distinct like separate culture to it where there's not a lot of intermingling with like other it's like a niche of a niche it really it, it really is um and it's it's fun when bands kind of like borrow from that uh but the there are just straight up slam bands who like aren't invited into the they're they don't they're just off doing their own thing they have literally just slam fests and yep. they the you know the people who listen to that only or listen YouTube only listen to that yeah exactly um and i'm like talk about being the same song over and over again like that's exactly what it is do i love slam absolutely fuck yeah fuck yes Yes. Is it dumb? It's yeah. so stupid, but yes, I will listen to all twelve pathology albums that have the same <laughs> song over and over again. Um, now, one thing I wanted to mention about Internal Bleeding, I actually went back and listened to some of their newer stuff because mm-hmm. they still do stuff. 
Like they're they're oh, still really? like an active band. <laughs> um, and they actually developed into something closer to deathcore uh, over the years, which I thought was interesting that they developed at all. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that their old stuff is much more interesting mm-hmm. because I heard song structures that I would hear on later albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would hear drum and bass breaks, which is not what I expect from death metal. And I think that's right. kind of the intermingling there. Yeah. Um, but definitely dumb. Definitely caveman shit. <laughs> definitely cool, though. This, yeah, the album cover for Corrupting Influence is really funny. And this came which out. Which one is that? Uh, their, their, I guess it's their last release. Corrupting Influence came out in 2018. Or, uh, no. It was so cool. their last one came out last year. Um, yeah, this is this is just hilarious to me. I mean, this is clearly a bunch of like 40, 50 year old guys writing Death Metal. God bless them. <laughs> like, God thank you for, for holding down the fort for so long. Um, well, now we're getting into the stuff that I actually really, really like. Yeah. Um, I like Suffocation. They're cool. Mm-hmm. I like all two of their songs over the course of 30 years that they've written. Right. But uh, Dying Fetus. Yeah. Killing on Adrenaline. Yes. 1998. So I fucking love Dying Fetus. They're I great. saw them live. Yeah. I saw them with uh, Brain of Sacrifice, Deathcore band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw them with Vitriol, mm-hmm. kind of an old school death metal band. And the co headliner was Terror. So. <laughs> <laughs> That gives sure. you like a nice yeah sure why not it, it really is it works people are like how the hell did that bill come up but it makes sense it somehow when you consider somehow it makes sense i'm sure a lot of the terror kids you know i mean they're already they got their their cargo shorts on already so already like they're there. ready they're you know they're they're in uniform for dying fetus um what was the, the the last tour that dying fetus just did was really good too i think they were playing with uh i think they were with frozen soul Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was another yeah. one I missed, sadly. But um, yeah, Dying Fetus is fucking great. I uh, Descended into Depravity was like my first intro to them. Um, and that was more, kind of more like a tech death uh, album. And that's such a, such a funny album cover. It's like Max Payne. They're yeah. so fucking good. Um, they are a strange... I, you know, I always yeah. wonder if they're like in on the joke yeah <laughs> i think they are i think they are i think they have to be they they have like a really good sense of humor and it, yeah. it's it's all over their debut album here yeah yeah yeah. it's like not it's not quite like cannibal corpse like there's some there's some plausible deniability i think baked into their identity the way that there isn't with like bands like that but um it's de- there's definitely a couple layers of irony i think to, to what they do but the music is fantastic well i think that layer of irony works too mm-hmm. for our project here yeah because layers of irony not taking yourself yourself too seriously that all survived yeah to the present day yeah of course of and course. i think that that along with god pretty much everything else about dying fetus uh has been so important to deathcore i think they're really groovy mm-hmm. they do a lot of tech things on the guitar yeah which to me is really odd because they go from this real caveman slam bullshit yeah and then all of a sudden they're sweeping these arpeggios in there (laughs) (laughs) um but i wanted to bring this album up you know it's it's not my favorite of theirs Mm -hmm. but it is their first and i think that what hit me was just how confident they were yeah 
they were like fully fledged. They knew exactly who they were on this right. album. And I think the fact that they were able to pull that off and also, I don't know, this, did they invent Deathcore? Cause it kind of feels like it on this album. It's yeah. I think that's such a tough question. That's such like a, an open-ended question. Cause it's, it's, they didn't know that they were if they, if they did. And I mean, I think you go back to even before that, obviously like at the gates was like the first metalcore band. Um, And see, that's okay. The distinction that I always make is that deathcore is like you said, it's, it's death metal and it's hardcore. I don't think it's death metal and metalcore, which is like, that's so much splitting hairs like to we the, sound like assholes to the thing we really do i apologize <laughs> like to the very right down to the to the to the root we're splitting that hair but um i think there is a i think there is a difference um and you can tell that there's a difference with specific bands like whether they're more influenced by like hardcore beatdowns or whether they're more influenced by like death metal shit um or the other side of it is, are they just literally just a heavier metalcore band? Because there is a difference. It sounds different. Yeah, and that's and that's where I think my next couple of picks start to branch mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Because this early stuff, Suffocation, Dying Fetus, yeah. these bands had no idea. They probably didn't even know what metalcore was. Right. You know? Uh, even though metalcore was already kind of becoming a thing at the time. Yeah. But I think by the time you get to despise icon i feel like they were more confident in what they were yeah yeah absolutely i mean and that that album still sound i mean they still sound like that today um yeah like that's uh i'm i'm not super familiar with uh with like their earlier stuff really i started listening to them when bills it was was actually after ills of modern man came out um but like that's kind of where my despised icon like discography starts um and it's still i mean they still sound like that today they're you know 40 with their flat brim hats still playing those same riffs that's it's fucking great but that it very, is great that it like that that album is like a clear i think line in the sand of like okay deathcore has now is now a thing like it's now a thing we don't have to go yeah. look at the the building blocks of it it's like it sounds like this and then there's going to be a million other bands that kind of branch off from this and do you know their own things here and there but like they have now made it an identifiable like genre yeah to me that's when i listened to the healing process Mm -hmm. which was the one i picked but i didn't establish that sorry um the healing process their debut that is like the most clear Mm -hmm. line you know yeah um i think that you can hear it you can hear the influences in a lot of different bands their own influence yeah that i wanted to cite because it made my head want to explode uh is cryptopsy right yeah okay so (laughs) that's a that's a band that i i don't know how do you how do you feel about them what's your cryptopsy okay so they've come up on this podcast a couple times so their debut album Mm -hmm. none so vile yeah probably a top five death metal album for me ever sure any subgenre it was probably the first death metal album I ever listened to. Mm. I think I was like 12 or 13 and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> the vocals stand up. They, the vocals are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love that song. 
love that album by that song i mean the the first song on the album where they uh they sampled the exorcist yeah sick mm. but uh i mentioned john earlier who does not like death deathcore at all but he made me listen to one of their later albums with a different vocalist mm -hmm. that sounds like they were ripping off deathcore so a lot of deathcore bands ripped off their sound yeah and then they ripped off the ripoff sound and it sounds like shit so is that what you're referring to when you're asking me if i like them i it's it's uh well i just i didn't want to like talk shit about them and it's not really even talking shit i've just i've never really like listened to them too much um and it's a it's kind of a funny probably reason why and i think even today it's this is a holdover from like just being raised in the church there were a lot of bands that when i was like 13 or 14 i was like you said scared of but probably for a different mm -hmm. reason um i was like oh, if i listen to this i'm gonna go to hell so oh no i had the same retraction. yeah okay <laughs> yeah i grew up religious as well. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i kind of got away from things by the time i was 15 or so sure. but i still had that residual like oh god's watching me yeah, yeah. while i'm listening to this yeah there was like like them like cradle of filth which i mean now it's just i just there's not good um behemoth so it was oh, yeah, behemoth, yeah definitely. They, i was like oh fuck i'm gonna yeah uh and it's it's funny i still i just don't go back to a lot of that stuff and i've never given it a fair shake and it's kind of funny because yeah. what i want you to take away from this is that you need to go listen to none so vile okay <laughs> the moment we in this absolutely call. it is so it good up. yeah and i'm not surprised that despise icon likes it so much yeah because there's a song on the none so vile album mm -hmm. and i understand we're getting kind of away from everything we're supposed to be talking about right now but not really we're, we're doing our thing because there's a song called benedictine convulsions okay there are pig squeals and there are breakdowns <laughs> and this came I out in 94 yeah 95 yeah so i um, had a i had a really good friend um in like middle and high school who he was 96 sorry okay 96 yeah um uh, yeah when i was three uh i had a really good friend who was even more of an elitist than i was uh and he he liked cryptopsy or at least he liked to kind of like tell me that i should listen to cryptopsy because i was starting to get into like deathcore stuff and he was like just listen to them like they're better than all of this and i was like i'm not I'm, because you told me to i'm not going to um and it was also there was you know one album cover or whatever that had like jesus getting crucified on it so i, I was i was afraid of it but uh no this is the one that i think it has <laughs> okay. john the baptist oh that's what and... it is yeah that's what yeah. it is um yeah yeah <laughs> I, uh, I just... Well, now I'm telling you to listen to it, <laughs> and I'm right. Well, like, yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I, I take your word uh, for, or I, I trust you when you say it more than I trusted my friend Grant in like the eighth grade, um, and I trust Despised Icon if they say that it's you know a formative, formative song or formative uh, sound um, for them. So, all right, I've got it pulled up. I'll listen to it when we Fantastic. when we end this. Yeah. So. If Cryptopsy gave us Despise Icon, mm -hmm. there's two other bands that can't, had albums in 2005 yeah. that I chose. Yeah. Because I feel like there's are three divergent paths right. through Deathcore. Because as you said, there's different there's, kinds there's, of Deathcore. Right. There's the unwinding threads. Right. Yeah. And so 
another one from 2005 was Rebirth by mm-hmm. Antagony. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how I didn't know this album before. Because uh, I, I listened to it and I was like, why the hell wouldn't I have loved this? Right. <laughs> when I was younger. Because it sounds so mature. Yeah. You know, I I could I could have sworn this had come out in the last like five to ten years. Yeah. But they started writing it in 2001. And this one, I think, is the one that you're saying, tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a heavier metalcore album. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. All right. It's just because... metalcore with lower tunings. Yeah. yeah. There's a grandeur there. Yeah. It sounds big. And I think that that's something that you hear in deathcore now. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking directly at Lorna Shore. <laughs> I was just gonna say that, like, yeah, I've literally, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about their their new album, and uh, that's that's it. Thanks, it's so fucking good. Like that and their last EP, their last EP, like that made me a believer. Yeah, I think that kind of brings us full circle on Antagony, really, because they got the gnarly breakdowns. Mm-hmm. I think they had that big sound, and they gave us sort of the emotional heft. Yeah that we started to hear in that that yeah. era that we are really like, more of, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, the last 2005 album I picked, I already see you mm-hmm. kind of smiling, because oh, yeah. this is the MySpace This is core. MySpace Deathcore. Which is funny, because this album is heavy as fuck. So it's this not... is Job for a Cowboy, yes. Doom. Doom. It's an EP, and it's the only Deathcore album they ever wrote. Mm. which is really funny to me because they like they created a genre and then just dipped and then we're like nah yeah yeah um yeah i uh i was another kind of a a late arrival or late i was i was late arriving to jfac um i didn't i love how you have acronyms for all of this yeah uh i think that i first when i first really started listening to them was when ruination came out um okay. which was i mean that's just kind of a death metal album right mm-hmm. and now i mean r.i.p are they on hiatus officially are they like broken up like what's the deal uh i don't Side think they've done anything Sidebar. in a while not sun eater came but, out in 2014 okay 2014 it's a shame it is a shame that album is so because good. they got they got so interesting yeah they did they really did but i will say this is probably it's not anywhere near the best album that I picked. No, but it holds and up. It holds up. It holds up. And it is arguably, I don't think arguably, I think firmly that it is the most interesting. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just read you my little bullet points. Sure. Because like I make notes on all these. Sure. Mostly uninteresting. But for this one, um, I have Brie Brie. <laughs> because that's, that's all just of the vocals. All of the vocals, yeah. Uh, I had forgotten how old this is. Mm. This album is fucking weird. <laughs> this set the tone for the MySpace years. Yep. 808s, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> and Metal Blade Records. This was on Metal Blade this Records. Was on Metal Blade. Are you fucking they, kidding me? They saw something. They knew what they were doing. I think that's they so did. funny. Yeah. This is, um, yeah, I mean, mentioning, like, that this, this was the a watershed moment for like myspace music and myspace metal because that the breakdown the pig squeals like that launched bands who only wanted to emulate that in particular that like 10 seconds of intuitive of a machine 
Um, or knee deep. Or knee deep. Yeah. Yeah. Or knee deep. Which, by the way, I haven't played guitar. Like, I haven't played an electric mm-hmm. guitar in 10 years. Yeah. Probably. And I could still walk into a guitar store today, <laughs> tell them I need this in drop C. <laughs> I need you to turn the distortion all the way up. And, and I could still play knee deep. Yeah. All the way through. <laughs> because I played it so many times. It's muscle memory. <laughs> like, I can seriously, like, right now, run through a fretboard in my head <laughs> for that fucking song um, um yeah this was this one was awesome i i mean i still listen to this like regularly more than more than any of their other stuff i think uh although i i ruination is is really good um yeah uh that the the myspace deathcore kids i think just ruined everyone's like they poisoned the well uh is that a pun from the it was another really bad one um unintentionally but uh yeah i i think there's so much in this genre that at the at the time like we'll say 2005 to like 2010 um bring me the horizon became the most literally pulling up on spotify right (laughs) on the planet and i was like are you fucking like are you kidding me i never i've never liked them I didn't even like them when they had like their they had their like renaissance or whatever over the last like five years um, where they became like a serious real band and I've never given them the time of day because all I can think about is fucking the um, pray for plagues and shit like that that I just Are hated you, okay. at the time. So and you're not in the same state as me. I like, fi- like physically. You're not going to look me in the eye state. and tell me that you don't like that album. <laughs> I, I'm going I, to cut you off. I don't think I've ever like listened to it all the way through. I I don't think I have. Um, this is probably the most shocking thing I've ever heard on this show <laughs> that you don't know the first I, two. Bring me the Brian. This album. is super funny because I had I was a really I was a wannabe scene kid. And I had like Same. swoop bangs and um oh, yeah. and skinny jeans, and I listened to so many scene bands, but like for whatever reason, I just never got into Bring Me the Horizon or like Suicide Silence. Um, I don't like Suicide I don't, Silence. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't get it with them. I, I've tried. I've actually tried with them more than I did with like Bring Me the Horizon, but like I just eh. sorry to anybody who really likes Suicide Silence. RIP I don't Mitch, think anybody like, listening to this show would. Uh, yeah, it's just never <laughs> again. And they had they had kind of like a you know a renaissance too, where they became like a more serious band. Um, and I still I just like I try to listen to some of their new stuff, and it's kind of a weird. I don't know. It's not for well, me. I think I think that's telling because these were not serious bands, right? I think that I get these that were now. the band. Yeah, these yeah. were the bands that were trying to be a thing yeah. and not a real band. Right. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, there was there was no grand plan. No. Uh, and not even like the youthful exuberance no. of Doom by Job for a Cowboy, <laughs> which is not a serious album, no. but it's a lot of fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. Um, so I didn't put them on here for that reason. Mm. And I did not put the red cord on here. I so I was just actually about to. I want them to be our bridge. Bring that up. I think that's a really good bridge. Yeah, um, because they're probably my favorite band out of pretty I, much all I'd of agree, Deathcore. I'd agree with that. Although I, they, mm, I loved, I loved them. I loved them for a really long time. 
and I don't think I have listened to them since they unofficially broke up and Guy became a cop, which is like yeah. one of the worst betrayals <laughs> yeah. to me. We don't have to talk too much about that, but like, well, I think that they're an interesting band um, because they don't feel like a deathcore band. They don't. They don't. But they're it's the only way I can describe them. Yeah, it's like they they have like the bare minimum from all those other different elements that kind of make it its own thing but they're so chaotic like that's when i when i kind of said at the beginning that like what got me into the um what got me into like deathcore was the bizarre shit like mm-hmm. redcore and iron distance and um and and danza uh which i mean uh when you know their their first album came out in 2005 um and that was not it wasn't really death anything i'd say that was just like a mathcore record um, you're talking about the tony dance yes the tony dance yes, sorry yes yes the tony dance is a much better way to put that it is yeah um but that is one of the best names in music <laughs> so another again another thing they have in common when Jesse left to become a cop in Murfreesboro <laughs> sucks so much. Um, but, uh, I mean, Josh is still an incredible guitarist. I think the rest of them do other music, whatever, but, um, yeah, like their, their first two albums, uh, I think share a lot with kind of what we've been talking about, but I wouldn't say, I would never really say that they're like a deathcore band or a death metal band. Like maybe that's again, just splitting the, the thinnest of hairs, but, um, but I think that's it, the, the red cord is more, I started listening to them when fed through the teeth machine came out and then kind of doubled back to their, to their earlier stuff. Um, revolving doors. Clients was my first pray for. Yeah. Clients is still so good. Um, and, and I think teeth machine is just, to me, it's just like a death metal album. That's just what it, it feels like. Um, yeah, I think that, I think why they're my favorite is because I hear a fair amount of grindcore in them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I fucking love grindcore. Death, death grind, yeah. Death yeah, grind, so, and, so. but there's like some slamming kind of punk stuff mm-hmm. in there. So like I said... That's what's really cool about them, is that they, they have like identifiable like punk elements. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't sound like what we think of when we say deathcore. Right. But it's literally the only way that That's you the, could describe it. The only thing that makes sense, yeah. yeah. So... So that we have them as sort of a bridge of this totally integrated sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Despised Icon, you had Antagony, mm-hmm. you had Job for Cowboy mm-hmm. for one EP. Right. And then you get this sort of solidified, like ossified, when you say Deathcore, you think of Born of Osiris. Right. The New Reign. Right. 2007. Yes. So tell me about this album. Bow down. Um, bow yeah, down indeed. Bow down. Uh, this was, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, and it's possible that I'm just not because this was you know 15 years ago at this point. But um, I colors had just come out. BT Bam had, had done colors, um, which was like a life changing album for me. I listened to nothing else for a really long time. Somebody uh, has already brought that up on this podcast before. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, still, I mean, I think that they they 
some of the stuff since then might technically be better, but I still think that's like their best, their best album by, um, my friends, uh, got the, like the, when the live album came out, like the, the DVD, we had like a viewing party <laughs> over at one of my friends' house to watch it. Um, that's precious. Yeah. They, so they were in a band, uh, that was a, it was a high schoolers trying to rip off colors in Alaska era between the buried and me, which was really funny um in retrospect and they they were too ahead of their time for like the charlotte you know music scene in in 2007 and 8 but um that's the story of death metal this, yeah basically really, a bunch of teenagers like yeah. way ahead of their time <laughs> way ahead that of is time. death metal yeah um but that was what kind of got me and i i mean i think that's that's kind of like a progressive death metal album to me um it's not as death metally as like the silent circus but it still has a lot of that stuff to it and that's when i was like okay this all music has to sound like this it all it has to have all this weird shit and weird instrumentation and um and death vocals uh and that's when i found Word of osiris and i the new rain i guess was like their first real really well they had that rosecrans demo but nobody has that um and new rain came out i heard abstract art it blew my fucking mind uh with a little like piano breakdown in the middle um and that is i think like that's the more i guess like techie side of deathcore that kind of branched to that way or at least for me it is um that and and vela maya common man's collapse both came out around the same time same label um best friends one year apart one year apart oh it was one year apart okay um, it was one year apart and also um somebody who was in born of osiris went on to form or be in vale maya right um so you forget that and yeah. i wanted to note this too when i was doing a little research on this mm -hmm. album the new rain yeah i actually saw that they specifically cited the mars volta as one of their biggest influences. i love that i love that and yeah. you can hear it you can absolutely hear it yeah, you really can. Yes. And I think that them and Vela Maya, first of all, they're the metalcore deathcore they are. to me. Yeah, they are. Um, now for sure. Especially now. For yeah. Sure. yeah, you get this weird like offshoot of an offshoot of an offshoot. Yeah. And that's how you get these bands. Yeah. And I think you can hear it specifically in how jittery they are. Yeah. Their only <laughs> way I can describe these bands, these albums is very jittery. Yeah. And that takes a very specific influence. Mm -hmm. So I think that when I listened to these, I heard them and I was like, I don't really see what's so special on first listen. Yeah. And then I sit back and listen to it again. And I'm like, oh shit, this was 2007. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course this it doesn't is, sound special yeah. now. But yeah. They've, they've all improved on their sound and are doing, in Veil of Maya's case at least, even like more out there shit um i think that what they were doing in 2007 but that common man's collapse is still just remarkably heavy um for its time uh and the other um fuck, i've lost my train of thought <laughs> promptly well, i i do want to to note something here yeah these were both produced by keen yes michael okay. keen yeah uh, it, is Michael, right? it is Michael Keane. Yes, Keane. Okay. Shane. So Keane produced both of these. Yeah. And he also 
went on to form the faceless, mm -hmm. which is also on which is your on selections. List. Yep. So what is it about Keen and his sound? Because I, you know, I don't want to make it all about one guy. Yeah. And like I said, like I know a guy. I go hang out at his parents' pool yeah. in the summer, who <laughs> worked with Keen for years. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of stuff revolving around this guy. But what is it about this sound? Like, what's the un what's the unifier here with King? Um, I well, I'm not like a musician or a theorist because my brain doesn't work that way. So um, it's gonna be really dumb. But like, um, I, I don't, I don't know because I'd say, uh, the the faceless album that came out around this time, like before Planetary Duality, they were they were just a deathcore band. Like, yeah. they weren't a death metal band. Um, they were heavy on breakdowns, <laughs> very heavy on breakdowns. Uh, and there wasn't, to, at least to me, this, like, technicality for, some would say, for the sake of being technical, the way there is in, like, some of their, their later stuff. So, um, I, I actually don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer to that. Well, I think that I think the seeds of the technicality are there. Yeah. Even in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah. Because the faceless album that you chose, Akeldama, yeah. is two thousand eight. Same year as the Veil My album. Is it two thousand eight or is it two thousand six? Wait, what? Is it two thousand eight or two thousand six? Akeldama? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's two thousand eight. One second. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Oh, it is two thousand six. Two thousand six, yeah. Okay. So these are all in a row, mm -hmm. 06, 07, 08. Yep. And all of them have this, as I said, jittery, sort of like nation progressive tech yeah. thing going on. And I did want to also note that there was an Adderall crisis the at this time. The Adderall crisis. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the Faceless originally toured with Necrophagist mm -hmm. and Nile. Mm -hmm. Necrophagist actually came up on this podcast. Uh, quite a while ago and the fact that Dean was around that stuff mm. shows you, you I can think tell. yeah absolutely yeah it, it really does show through but it also shows through that he wasn't a mature enough musician yet right to actually pull that to, off to harness it I, I I love that because planetary duality is uh, it's like an it's a Nile album if Nile was into aliens and shit instead of like Egypt so I I have to bring back something from the last episode. Yeah. With John, reigning champ. Mm -hmm. uh, we did an entire career retrospective on the band Death, mm -hmm. as you should. As well and as. he has this theory, and it's mind blowing because yeah. it's completely correct that all death metal is either of the caveman variety, yep, or the spaceman variety. Yes, I think that's a good that's a good dividing line. Yes. Yeah. And I think that. The Faceless clearly mm -hmm. went off into the Spaceman, mm -hmm. and Nile went off into the Caveman. Caveman, yeah. At least thematically. Thematically did it, yes. But they are kind of a, I don't know, like an alternate universe of each other. Yeah, yeah. They are the bizarro version of each other. Exactly. And I do think that's interesting because when you look at the Deathcore haters, mm -hmm. they are absolutely the kind of people who listen to Nile. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they won't give respect to 
their bizarro version yeah yeah um or it's a yeah like the the bands you know out there now that are doing creative stuff with i i think there's a lot more creativity in in deathcore right now than there is in, in death metal honestly at least like the at least the more mainstream um parts of it because like i said i mean mainstream yeah 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 right like well they have thirty thousand spotify listeners instead of you know 300 um (laughs) that's the yeah like i love blood incantation but that is um that actually is funny because they're both they're caveman and spaceman like they're i know smack dab in the middle there they have the synthesis. They've, yeah, they've, they've been in the lab and they dialectic found the, 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 the yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the they're the ones that you know have been foretold. For I I am actually working on a dialectical analysis of heavy metal music, um, and I think that I, I've been bringing it up more and more on all my shows. But I think that it's important to bring it up now mm-hmm. because the stuff I picked came from an era where experimentation was the name of the game. Yeah. You look at all the bands I picked, they didn't really sound like anything that came before them. Yeah. And there really wasn't a commercial viability. Right. For that sound. They weren't like, this is going to, this is going to, you know, get so much plays on TikTok. So many. Right. There were no scene girls. They were trying to impress. (laughs) There were no, myspace uh playlists that they were trying to get on yeah yeah and there were no tours for them (laughs) you know they weren't going to play at van's warp tour right right but once that started to take off around the time your albums came out Mm -hmm. you did get this period it was an option yeah and that's when you hear people start to entrench into a sound Mm -hmm. you know they they take these sounds and they kind of like okay what is the essence yeah what makes this what it is right like and uh, they heard it in despised icon yeah antagony yeah job for a cowboy yep um yeah a really good kind of example of that uh to me is i don't know if you ever listened to the band abacab i don't think i have heard of them okay so they were like a like a d-tier sumerian band um at that time like 2007 2008 uh by the way we're referring to sumerian records sumerian records yeah because um, we have to remember there are going to be people other than us other than us <laughs> right <laughs> um they i think only ever came out with one album and it was like it was like if you if you asked an ai today to like write a, a deathcore album that's what it would sound like yeah there were a ton of bands like that where it's like i don't know you write like two songs and get signed to a label and then put out one album and go on like one tour they they probably played on like uh fuck, what was that um summer slaughter i think they were actually on summer slaughter one year um there were just all those bands that like kind of spawned and then were gone within like a year uh yeah they just designed the to, time yeah exactly it's like there there was a distinct like trying to catch lightning in a bottle instead of actually like you said writing music for the sake of writing music which i mean that's always that's always been a thing that was a thing in the 60s yeah well that's what i'm saying like there's there is a dialectic there is yeah and it withdraw resolves Mm -hmm. and as it resolves it splits off again and we have that nice little flow that david harvey talked to me about um 
<laughs> Look at me. I'm citing fucking David Harvey <laughs> on this shit. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, take me away from Marxian dialectics mm-hmm. and into 2009, mm-hmm. Oceano Deaths. Deaths. Yes, an album that I viscerally hated when it came out uh because this was what i what i thought at the time was just incredibly generic and boring and was that kind of paint by numbers um style of music which i mean it to be honest it kind of is but this album is so fucking good (laughs) like it is so you know this was the one that you know i heard the faceless yeah i heard born of osiris i heard veil maya Mm -hmm. And then by 2009, when this came out, I was like, okay, they are clearly not breaking ground, right? but there's a maturity to it. Yeah. There's like a confidence in it yeah. that wasn't there before. Yeah. Um, it made sense that they got as big as they did without doing, uh, you know, something super like intriguing with their sounds. And by the way, like now they're an excellent band. The, I'm so glad they're back because the um, uh, dude, I'm I'm so terrible with like song titles and remembering shit because I just I listen to way too many bands so like I never remember what any of this stuff is called. But they put out a single this summer that's their first song since I think 2017. Um, mass produced. There we go. Uh, the mixing on this, the recording on this, is unbelievable. It's like it's kind of like the Lauren Shore. Uh, that we were talking about it's just massive it just sounds so good and so big and like it has they have amazing guitar work on it adam sounds as good as ever um like they've grown up a lot and i'm glad to see they're still around because when deaths came out i was like this band is never gonna amount to anything they're comical to me this was kind of like post it was post myspace era a little bit in 2009. That's a grim descriptor. Oh, I know, right? I mean, 2009, That's like MySpace, MySpace was still around, but like it wasn't, this was like when Facebook was kind of starting to, to take over, right? Um, so I, I, they felt to me like a MySpace band past like the heyday of MySpace. Uh, that sucks. I know. Um, and I just remember this, this album got like panned, it got made fun of a lot on like Metal Sucks and like Lamb Goat. And I don't know if you were ever really on those sites and blogs and stuff, but um, I I just hated them for a really long time. Uh, like I just thought I was too good for them. And then I uh, I think when uh, what was it when Incisions came out? Oh no, I remember Contagion came out in 2011, and I downloaded it to try to give them another shot. And I was just like, this is just fucking stupid. This is just stupid. There's nothing on here that's interesting to me. Um, it's just the same thing over and over again. And then Incisions came out in 2013. And by that time, either I'd matured enough or my brain had started to like slowly dissolve. And so I was like, oh, this sounds really good now. Uh, so that's kind of when I started listening to them. Was in like Those are not mutually exclusive. Tw- they're not mutually exclusive. By the yeah. way. Um, in was, my experience. Right. Was, uh, 2013 was when I really started to listen to them. Um, and then everything after that, the, the, I just loved. And I went back to Depths. Uh, and I think there's a lot of really cool stuff on there. Uh, District of Misery is just an awesome song. The intro Fantastic. is is crazy. Um, so good. The title track is tasty. 
depths. Um, and Sam Isle, the destroyer is, is really good. There's, there's so much stuff that they did. That was like, it makes sense that they were as big as they were without doing anything like super original, I guess. Um, and they're just, well, yeah, Adam's just a cool dude too. That's the thing. Like they have, they have the front man personality, which is missing from a lot of these bands. I think that's really true. Yeah. I think that you kind of nailed what stuck out to me on this, mm-hmm. which is that, that confidence, like I said, like they kind of knew what this is. I don't think the bands that you picked out before this really knew what this is. Yeah. Um, but this new wave of deathcore, uh, typified by them mm-hmm. really solidified 2009. Yeah. And it's kind of funny that we think of them as a MySpace genre, whatever band. Yeah. Uh, because they came along, as you said, toward the end of that. Sort of post my. It's, I, I only had a MySpace for like three months, and then my mom found out I had one and deleted it. So I don't, I don't know the the line of demarcation. I'm not really sure where it is with MySpace. Well, I, I think that was the end. Yeah. And I think that they needed to be the end of that, right? Because they kind of hit the zenith. Yeah. Like Born of Osiris, Veil vale Maya, they were clearly leading to depths yeah and i also wanted to point out that they are directly citing dying fetus Mm -hmm. which i saw that and i was very pleased that i was not wrong yeah (laughs) um and i also wanted to note that they were on earache records which love that so like as i said i'm like a really big death metal purist sure uh not exclusively obviously i'm talking about death corn saying i like it right but Bands like Death, um, you know, Morbid Angels Dope, mm-hmm. like all that old stuff is my shit. And Earache Records was so important mm-hmm. at every step of Death Metal's development. Yeah. You know, um, I'm pretty sure At the Gates was on there uh, in 95, mm-hmm. just that a whole new jump. The, the Forefathers. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah, The Forefathers. But also a band that, like Oceano mm-hmm. and a lot of other bands in this era, were kind of ridiculed yeah. by the purists. Yeah. You know, so the people who funny, liked Death and Morbid Angel. Exactly. Yeah. Every generation that came before kind of mocked what came after them on Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to kind of note that Depths was probably my favorite of the, you know, pre-2010 mm-hmm. uh, albums. And then we get to 2010, mm-hmm. and I think that we get a whole new era yeah. of Deathcore. And by a whole new era, I don't mean that it didn't exist at all before, because obviously Whitechapel existed before 2010. Right. <laughs> but you put on a new era of corruption for your picks. And I think that in retrospect, it makes sense. Yeah. Because when you sent me these albums and I saw Whitechapel, I got excited. Yeah. Because they are probably my favorite deathcore band other than Red Chord. Mm-hmm. I think Red Chord kind of stands apart. I, yeah. I, I don't think I can lump them in fully. Yeah. But of the bands that when you say Deathcore, we think of Whitechapel. They're one of the big four. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I did see them, by the way, co-headlining with Campbell Corpse. Nice. It was so sick. I somehow, someway, have never seen them live. I don't know how. That sucks, know, man, because they rule. Tours don't really come through Charlotte anymore. It kind of sucks. Like, all our venues, like, 
uh, got shut down and turned into, you know, restaurants and craft breweries and stuff. So all the tours usually come through. I say this and I'm like, Wormhole is going to be here in like three days. But yeah, um, with... Uh, well, Wormhole was like that for a while. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just recently where we are starting to get more shows and a lot more heavy shows. Do you guys have a and House of Blues? House of Blues? No. Okay. Oh, well, I don't know why I thought that no. was the thing. But uh, I saw them at a ballroom. Okay actually and like the tourist district which is really funny yeah um but it makes sense to get back to what i was saying that you picked this album mm -hmm. even though it's not my favorite but this was kind of where their sound became the norm yeah uh i think that you mentioned their first album the somatic defilement mm -hmm. pretty much a pure death metal album yeah fantastic yeah love that album. That's great this That's is great. exile was ahead of its time yeah i think mm -hmm my favorite album of theirs I but agree. it was 2010 where it was starting to shift away from the oceanos and the veil of mayas yeah yeah and we got to this and then, now was that your line of thinking when you picked this yes um okay. and this was also i i picked this one because i remember distinctly when this came out i loved it it wasn't one that i had to double back on like i did with deaths um and i this i had really not liked white chapel up until this point uh which is funny because they're from knoxville so you'd think right. that i would have just always like loved them and supported them and that was not the case um yeah i when when they were kind of getting popular when this is exile came out um i was like this isn't techie enough sucks and then breeding violence dropped the lead single from a new era of corruption and that intro just made me shit my pants it's it's incredible. It's an incredible album. Um, and it's like the, the production on this is really good too. It just sounds, it sounds so like full and nice. Full and like, there's, there's so many albums from like this era that are just mixed horribly and like walled to the fucking brim. And it makes it unlistenable to me. And I'm not an audio snob at all. Like, I'm not a, an audio Well, we just talked about loving suffocation. We do. Right. Yeah. Um, I have I have a bad ear for this stuff because I have, like, fucking hearing loss. <laughs> I have tinnitus. I can't generally <laughs> make a distinction with a lot of this stuff. Um, but there are a lot of albums that came out, like, a major label releases around this time that were just mastered so improperly that it, like, takes away from the enjoyment of it. This is not one of them. No. This is a this is like a, a, a achievement in uh in recording and uh, in production, and that like adds to it because it makes it um like oh this is like a legit band. They're not a MySpace band. This wasn't done in uh in someone's basement. Um yeah, there's so many good songs on this. Uh, Murder Sermon is is great. Reprogrammed to Hate is fantastic. Is um, Reprogrammed to Hate the one with Chino? from deftones because i saw chino moreno is on this album which just lit up all the pleasure centers in my brain yeah um i don't know he, there's no features listed on spotify i really I think know, it is reprogrammed one. to hate yeah it is yeah, it is. And, yeah and that one stood out to I me think, i think so yeah i think that vincent bennett from a casey strain is also on this he album. is yeah he is and on... i think that Go ahead. it's it's kind of funny to hear that too mm -hmm. <laughs> because you're seeing all the worlds that came together to make Whitechapel. Right. 
right. you're getting the the dumbass like flat bill <laughs> beating each other up in the pit yeah. with brass knuckles in your yeah. crew from the AKC strain. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting something a little more mature and thoughtful. Yeah. Uh, like with Chino. Right. Okay. Because I do think... Go ahead. Uh, what what genre would you say the AKC strain is? I am glad but also frustrated that you would ask me that question. Because <laughs> That's I, why I don't have a good answer because they hate being called a deathcore they band. They do hate being called a deathcore band. I don't think they are I, one. I don't think they are either. Okay. But I think it's sort of like... Well, the Deftones. Yeah. In that they get lumped into it because of the era. The era, sure. You know, Deftones is called a new metal band. Right. Which is hilarious. They're, they're not. But like, not I even it. close. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think that the Casey Strain was important. Mm -hmm. And I do think, actually, that you can hear a Casey Strain in this album. Yeah. Because yeah. one thing that I wanted to note about this album and. John, if you're listening, you deathcore hater. Uh, I think this album and Whitechapel generally sprayed in a sort of sludginess that is distinct mm -hmm. from a lot of the more immature bands that try to just go for the slam parts, yeah. the breakdowns. Yeah. I don't think that they are trying to show off how heavy they are. Yeah. And I think a lot of bands in that time period were trying were to do trying that. trying to show off how heavy they are. Yeah. 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 I think Whitechapel is among my favorite of that era, maybe my favorite of that era, mm. because of that sludginess. Mm. Uh, the drum and bass parts, like you would hear in hardcore. Yeah. And the groove. Mm. Uh, and speaking of cops, uh, I happen to like Pantera. It's fair. Sue me. It's totally fair. It's cop metal. <laughs> it's a really but I like it because yeah. it's groovy. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Whitechapel because it's groovy. Absolutely. Especially in the last few years, yes. um, that's uh, and they've definitely they've they've matured so much. I'm like I'm proud of them now. You know the hometown boys. Um, they could have given up. <laughs> they could or they could have kept writing the same song over and over and over again. Um, I would be okay with them writing possessed again. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, or the dead silence for me. Um, yeah, and their their self title that came out a couple years after this was just. Uh, a really big departure, I think, from a sound that they had kind of been like tweaking and working towards for the last few releases. Um, and then obviously their last their last two albums are almost unidentifiable, like from everything else they've done. And I know it pissed off a lot of people because they they started doing like cleans and everything. But I'm like, it fucking works. It like, works. It, it works so well. Um, it works, and it's a good indication of something that you have kind of convinced me of throughout this episode mm -hmm. that deathcore is more interesting now yeah um, i think it i think it is between the new white chapel lorna shore mm -hmm. a lot of these bands that are coming back around to the old sound mm -hmm. but they're giving it something fresh yeah um and this is a genre that is not known for being fresh no that's <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> um i think yeah i think a lot of the like there's a lot of bands now that that I say they would be MySpace bands if that was still around. Um, and like that sound is not particularly interesting to me. Um, like I don't know if you listen to uh, like Slaughter to Prevail 
or yeah i don't get into it yeah i don't understand them i don't i don't i don't really get it either i've tried there's like there's some like merch deathcore bands now uh i don't get the appeal i, I yeah that's that's they played a me. sold out show in china i don't know if you knew that <laughs> No, they're like one of the only non-chinese bands <laughs> to sell out a venue in china i don't i don't get it i don't really get i don't it. either yeah it's uh it's bizarre to me but um yeah there's there's like bands from this era like early you know 2010s that are that are like coming back and and doing really cool things now and um and then there's there's like newer bands that i think i mean uh i don't do you listen to black tongue at all no oh yes okay yes yeah they're not a band that i like seek out yeah but they'll pop up on playlists sometimes and i'm like damn who is this yeah i'm like oh of course it's them they are fucking awesome uh and they're very good i wish that they're that bands would start to try to like rip them off a little bit because i yeah i'm like on their go on their spotify page and it's like relate you know related artists like try and i'm like this doesn't sound anything like <laughs> like them like i'm sorry it's very and also like angel maker yeah. yeah yeah angel maker is uh is that's that's a um band that i came around on kind of late compared to a lot of people um but they were they're, good. they're really 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 good yeah i, I haven't am. i haven't get yeah i am is awesome their uh their, dude, their new album is tasty Oh yeah, like it has some fat riffs. Uh, uh, Volvodynia. Volvodynia. I uh, I have not really given them a fair shake, honestly. They're good, actually, yeah. um, and I think that they are another good example of this kind of we're doing something old, but we're giving it something sure, fresh. Sure. Beneath all of this, there is some really good music here. <laughs> like they, I, I think that they have sums some, up the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some beneath all stuff. of this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think, you know, we're we're in for a somewhat bright future mm-hmm. with this kind of stuff, and I think that makes sense. Yeah, because we're coming back around on there not really being any commercial viability. Yeah, and people are just kind of taking their influences and running with them. Uh, right. But I do think that with this being the case, I think we should anticipate more bands ripping this off. Yeah. Again. I think I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of bands like trying to rip off Warner Shore and what they're doing. I was thinking which, of that exactly, which I am really hoping is the case. I, I love that. I, what I love about like the the new Warner Shore album is it's like a really fun uh, evolution to me of like the just the rampant gross misogyny that Deathcore was in like the mid two thousands um and like early white chapel stuff and instead of being about like hurting women now deathcore songs are about like missing women <laughs> like it's really really think, really emotional and like romantic almost well yeah the, the, i think that romanticism that sort of uh i'm trying to find another way to say emo it, um, it kind of is it is I, it is and Pain it was. remains is an emo album it like, absolutely I, is yeah and i think that you heard a lot of that on the new, the older stuff, mm-hmm. like around the 2006, yeah. 2007, uh, because that was when post-hardcore was huge. Yeah. And you heard a lot of post-hardcore mm-hmm. in those albums. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think we're coming back around again. Yeah. And so I guess to wrap everything up in this incredibly messy, <laughs> off-the-wall episode, this uh, is going to uh, be a lot of fun to edit, by the way. Yeah. Apologies for that. 
No, <laughs> it's all right. Um, when you think of deathcore, mm-hmm. why do you think it's important to talk about it? Why do you think that people should give it another shot or look at it from a different perspective? It's uh, you know, it's 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 funny. I'd say this is probably the genre of music I listen to the most, like pound for pound. Um, in terms of like a like a total genre versus like you know specific bands, um, and I love it. And I don't know if I would spend any of my time trying to like convince people that they should listen to it. Uh, honestly, I have a coworker who's like a he's like a big old school death metal head, um, and uh, like death Nile. He doesn't like Nile's new stuff, but um like deicide and, and stuff like that and uh, i love a, all of those bands yeah they're 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 great he's not like anti-death war like he he likes you know some stuff but i'm not, I never talked to him about you know the bands i listen to because i just i i think i just have developed a shell on this because <laughs> so so many years have been spent just people just talking shit about all these bands that i love and saying that that's like completely devoid of you know uh, artistic merit and it's all ripoffs of ripoffs of ripoffs and I'm just like yeah I that, sure okay great but it's fun that's it is fun it's just fun and like I think that's enough yeah I think that I think that is that is truly enough like we've we've given this a pretty thorough you know dissection uh, and at the core of it it's just like hey this is some really fun music here. Like, it is. Don't be. And don't take everything that, so seriously. <laughs> that right there. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And I also think that it's worth noting that a lot of these bands don't take it that seriously. No, not at all. That's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. And, and I think that you can find your own lane of deathcore. Yeah. Well, I think that deathcore getting popular in the MySpace days mm-hmm. kind of killed its chances to be taken seriously. I, I really i really do think that's a big part of it and it's it's funny because there you know there's definitely a, a sect of people in my space you know kids at the time who didn't they didn't take it and start listening to heavy music at all like that wasn't like a jumping off point for a lot of people it was just this weird like warp tour subculture that kind of lived and died you know, for a few years there in the, in the mid to late two thousands. And then people like grew out of it. Yeah. Uh, and that was and like, the, and, they moved, and moved on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm glad that there are, and, and that honestly, the last couple of years have, have been kind of, I've been a little apprehensive about like what's going to happen with heavy music just as a whole, like as a totality, because music venues are shutting down. I yeah. think kids aren't playing music too much anymore compared to like when i was growing up um and the music discovery music discovery is a lot different now um like i i said i wasn't really a myspace kid i've discovered a lot of bands that kind of formed the basis for my entire personality on pure volume if you remember that which was like you know message boards and 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 shit and um kind of like the you know the step cousin to myspace at the time and stuff like that doesn't really exist anymore like music downloads blog spots media fires dead um like we have spotify and tiktok 
And are we really going to leave it to, to those things? So I've, I've been kind of awaiting the death knell of like heavy music because I don't think there's a mainstream for like new entries into heavy music. Um, the radio doesn't really exist anymore. Like you can't put a metal song on the radio at all. Right. Uh, the way that you could, you know, 15 years ago, that's how I discovered system of a down was on the radio. They would never play a song like BYOB on the radio now. Um, but so I think, but I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you are. Sure. Well, Um, I'm just a doomer. Well, same (laughs) in a general sense. Yeah. But I think that it's probably never going to be as commercially viable as it was. As it was, yeah. You're not going to have what it was in like 2008. Mm. That's not going to happen again. No. I'm not worried about that. I just think because of that, it's going to be more interesting. Yeah. Like Zeal and Arter would not, they couldn't exist. They couldn't exist. Before. Yeah. Um, you couldn't have a lot of these weird bands that are coming up, like Blood Incantation. Yeah. They're weird. They are. And that's cool. It's awesome. Yeah, I mentioned Imperial Triumphant mm-hmm. on the last episode too, a band that could not have existed yeah. before. Uh, and I think that if you are the kind of person who scrolls through Bandcamp or you go through rabbit holes on Spotify mm-hmm. or you just go to shows, like I know here in Louisville, we just had a new venue open up and they pretty much exclusively play heavy stuff, mm-hmm. mostly metalcore, mathcore, whatever. Um I've seen Kublacon there twice. Yeah. You know, I was introduced to Greyhaven there, CU Space Cowboy. We've had a lot of cool bands mm-hmm. come through there. And that scene still exists. Mm-hmm. I think it'll continue to exist, but I don't think it's ever going to be mainstream again. Yeah. And I think that's okay. I think that's totally fine. I yeah. do. Yeah. As long so, as as long as there's some semblance of, you know, an underground for it. And I think Which, there will be. That was that was my like I guess thesis or my fear was that like the well is going to dry up all the, all the old bands that are still doing their thing are going to break up, go do other things now. Cause they, you know, they can't make money from touring. It's really hard to be an artist right now. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, you that know, guy that I mentioned who's, who recorded an album with wormhole. Yeah. He was telling me like, I'm probably not going to tour with them mm-hmm. because I have a job. Yeah. And I have to have a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like, can't you can't tour with a small slam band is, like that and pay your bills. Right. Yeah. At a certain point it's like, okay, we gotta this 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 is this is not our day job. No. Um but it it used to be able to be. Like bands used to be able to put out a couple albums and buy a house. I remember watching the YouTube video um where Born of Osiris bought a house after uh their second album came out and it was like where they were recorded all their shit. It was in like two thousand ten. Um, you can't do that. That's not anymore. gonna happen. You can't. Do, you cannot do that anymore. I mean, no, no one can really buy a house anymore. But you know, well, that's true. Yeah, but I guess to sum it up, mm-hmm. yeah, I extended that for like ten minutes. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's kind of been the, the episode, sure. though. Sure. <laughs> um, it it is more interesting now. Yeah, I think it'll continue to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the people that care are going to continue to care, mm-hmm. and who knows? We did not see Lorna Shore coming. I, I did. They blindsided the fuck out of me. We did not see... They're not Deathcore. 
but we did not see spirit box coming no and we can continue to be surprised yeah and i think that is something to keep an eye on and i think it's worth going back to these albums because even though some of this stuff was not really for me Mm -hmm. it is significant Mm -hmm. it is something fresh yeah and i do think it's a sign of things to come for good or ill yeah that death metal was basically dead in 1995 yeah uh you listen to any of those old bands talk about it they thought that was the end Mm -hmm. and lo and behold still here so kick on so thank you for being here yeah i really appreciated this of course and i appreciated you making me listen to some of this stuff (laughs) that i would not have in a million years likewise and i'm gonna listen to cryptopter now i was about to say yeah I'm going to hold you to that. I didn't forget that I told you to. No, I'm going to, I'm going to text you in like 20 minutes. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Start from the beginning. You're going to have a blast. Of course. Just don't listen to anything after the first album. Okay. Please. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one last plug. Yeah. Um, I mentioned exciting new things, um, genre bending things, mm-hmm. local things. There is a local band called Greyhaven. They are from, maybe 10 minutes away from where I live right now. And they're fantastic. And they're not deathcore, completely unrelated to this. Um, But I do want to leave you, Ryan, and anybody listening to this with a recommendation for something fresh that is kind of an indication that this shit isn't dead. Yeah, I've been I've been super lazy on diving into them. uh, Because I know that their last album was like, lauded. And everybody loved it. And I know you talked about it a lot. And I was just like, I'll get around to this. And I just kept forgetting. <laughs> I was at the release show. Just yes. throwing that out there. I was there when that album debuted. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Everybody listen to that. Everybody go back. Try to listen to some of the stuff that we mentioned on this. Um, it's at least weird. So. That's something there. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, I'll have to have you on again. I would love to be on. I had a really good time. Absolutely. Same. same. And God help me. I'm going to have to edit this up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.